Welcome back to the Uneasy Conversations in Jesus' Name podcast. My name is Pastor Dom, and we're here with episode three. Uh, so this is not the original episode three. Uh, I just want to go ahead and get that out there. Um, I am sitting here, what, about 13 hours before this episode is supposed to come out, re-recording it because I did not like my original episode three i felt like uh, i didn't have solid points um and i wasn't really saying much of anything um all in all i was really just kind of tiptoeing around what i felt like i really wanted to talk about but i didn't want to talk about it because it was a bit uneasy to talk about but this is the uneasy conversations podcast and we should be having these uneasy conversations uh, so this isn't the original episode three. I'll probably rework that one. Um, some people already know what it was supposed to be, but this is something new. And I, I think that this is going to be kind of uncomfortable, uh, kind of uneasy. Um, but that's the point. Uh, that's the point that I, I mean, that's the reason why I started this podcast anyway. So uh, we're going to start in with this episode. Uh, it's called Finding People Where They're At in Jesus' Name. Um, and why I think that's so important is because I feel like as Christians, we need to do a better job at finding people where they're at, breaking barriers, uh, for those who are on the outside of Christianity, those who are on the outside of our church walls, uh, those who society says are on the outside. Um, we need to break barriers for them because that's the only way that they could come to know Christ. Um, and if we want people to come to know Christ, um, then we have to be able to find them where they're at and bring them to him. Um, you know, because you're never going to find people that are lost if you're not where the lost people are. Uh, and so let's just talk about it. Let's talk about those things. Let's, let's get honest. Let's get real. Uh, so <clears throat> first things first, uh, you know, what would probably be considered the outside today in Christianity? And I think that the biggest thing that I see um, that people are so like anti against, um, it's a big one. And I think that uh, I <laughs> people get so like, um, we don't need to be talking about this or we don't need to talk about that. Let's just talk about Jesus. But it's like, if, if it, the topic is we don't need to be, or if the topic comes up and the response is we don't need to be talking about that. Uh, typically we, we do need to be talking about that. We should be talking about that. So like a big one is the topic that has kind of that, well, the second topic that rocked 2020 and that that's race. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, that's, that's a big topic. And yes, we can say, oh, the world makes such a big deal about it. Oh, culture wants to divide us into being black or being white or being this and that. And, you know, so what? Like, okay, like, let the world say whatever, do whatever if the world wants to divide us on that. But why should we feel like it's dividing us when we can take hold of the conversation in a completely different way 
and find those people that are saying, well, you know, racist and race that. And you can just be like, well, look, man, like I understand that people are hurtful and people are racist and people are bigots and all this stuff. But Jesus isn't like, go, let me, let me show you what scripture says about this, or let me show you how good Jesus is and how he reacts to these kind of things or what he has to say about this, you know, find those people that are, that have these black lives matter flags and stuff. And don't go saying, Oh, they're Marxist, all this stuff. Like talk to them, find them in the place that they're at, find them in that anger and that hurt that they have in the midst of all that stuff and just be like, Hey, like I hear you. I understand. Like I feel where you're coming from. Let's talk about it because we're, if we're not getting our hands dirty, getting into the lives and the messiness of where these people are at, then our hands are just going to stay clean and it's not going to be a big shocker when people say or start calling you a Pharisee and stuff because the Pharisees were these clean, you know, undefiled people. Like you could see the reaction when Jesus was going and talking to these people or not having the best of company. But I mean, Jesus wasn't hanging around these people just to hang out with them. He was hanging out with them to, to save them. He was going to where they were to save them. But the Pharisees and stuff didn't understand because these people were the outside. They were the low people. They weren't, they weren't good enough. So why do we end up finding ourselves as Christians acting like that or treating others in the same way? Um, And that's like, I mean, that, that's a a big thing, and it's not e- that's not even the only topic. It it you, it can boil down to the same thing with homosexuality. I mean, it's Pride Month right now. Like, you see people just get so like upset about it and mad, and you know they just see a a rainbow flag and just kind of go crazy about it. But it's like, are you taking the time to kind of go into this person's life? You know, and and the funny thing is, like, you hear people say all this all the time, like, oh, we need to just love on these people and all this stuff. But it's like. Those are only words if you're not actually going to do it like it's it's a it's a big difference to to just kind of say, oh, we need to just go loving on these people. And then you do the opposite or you're you don't really know. You might not even know how to talk to these people, so you just kind of brush it off with that. But it's like just just find out what's going on in their life. Find out how they feel or how the church has maybe made them feel because the biggest thing in people's life is experience. You and I only have the experiences that we've lived through. Um, so my experience is always going to probably is more than likely always going to be different than yours. And just because your experience is something else doesn't mean that my experience isn't true. 
So it's like, find me in my experience and let's talk through that. Let me find you in your experience and let's talk through that. And then maybe our experiences can help one another out because when we're not actively seeking people and we're not actively actually trying to find people, then what are we doing? You know, and it's good to have, it's good to have like different ministries and different things that are going out there and, um, you know, doing mission work and, and all this stuff. But like, why don't we bring mission work closer to home? Why don't we bring mission work to places like when Atlanta was having marches over the summer last year? Why don't we bring mission work to those kind of things? Why don't we bring mission work to maybe there's a pride festival going on. Why don't we bring the mission work to that? You know, maybe there's an abortion clinic that you can bring your missionary work to. Like there's so many different ways that we can do things. Um, but it just doesn't seem like it's, it's getting done because we're so worried about what other people might say or think or, or do. And that's, that's honestly why the, the podcast that I made yesterday, like I felt like I was, uh, not being truthful because I wasn't talking about any of this stuff. I wasn't being honest, um, about what, what we could actually do as, as Christians, like the thing or the things that I see that we could do maybe a little bit better. Like how can we handle topics of race better so that we can be more inclusive? How can we handle topics of not even topics, but how can we handle people that, that are gay or people that are transsexual or people that are just part of the whole LGBTQ plus, you know, how can we handle people that are atheists? Um, It's, it's how, how do you, when you, when you look at those people, what do you, what's your first kind of response? And I hear people all the time that are like, man, those people need Jesus. Well, go give them Jesus. Go, go to them. Go give it to them. Don't just say they need it because how else are they going to get it? How else are they going to find it? Like, you can't just say somebody needs Jesus when when you are the one who has Jesus and you can bring him, bring them to him. Like, it's just, it's, it's so weird. Uh, some of, I guess that's like a church culture thing. Like, like, a what's the word? Is it a euphemism? I don't even know, but it's like a phrase, like a cliche that people are like, Oh, pray about it. Or oh, I'll pray for you or like different things like that. But it's like, when you say like, y'all need Jesus or they need Jesus or if they only knew, how else are they going to know though? If, if we put up these walls where, you know, we, we can say things like, Oh, everyone's welcome or, Oh, like it or so we're inclusive. Then it's, then we need to really be about it and really do that and be, and, and be inclusive and be open and be honest and get uncomfortable, get uneasy, have conversations, talk, get to know one another. Um, 
because not only would that help the people that are on the outside of the church physically and but it also help people who are outside but they're in the church because there are a lot of people in your church that you might not think about it that are on the outside because they don't feel like they can have these open and honest conversations um but if we find them where they're at and we talk to them and we're honest with them and we we actually do pour into their lives um we can really see some growth some change some understanding and some learning and so now we're going to look at 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 scripture and this was a this was a really big one that that a lot of people I don't think understand the uh the how this goes into Jesus finding someone where they're at but uh this was Jesus Jesus and the Samaritan woman and this is a big one because Samaritans and Jews like there's a great divide there um and so Jesus was traveling with the disciples but he went out of his way to find the Samaritan woman where she was at, well, where she was going to be. Um, but we'll read through it. It's, it's uh, John 4, and I'll read through the whole passage. Uh, well, probably not the, the bottom part of the passage, but we'll read through it just to see how Jesus was finding this one example, finding her where she was at. So we'll start on verse 4. Uh, sorry, chapter 4, verse 1. When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria, so he came to the town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So you see right there, that's the divide right there. And they all know it. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you do not even have a bucket, and the well is deep, so where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give them will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water, springing up in him for eternal life. And then, <clears throat> so that right there, Jesus found her where she was at physically, you know, and then going further down, well, not even further down, just the next part, sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. 
so Jesus right there was exposing the sin that was in her life, you know, as the ways that that marriage was uh, or marriage is defined um, here because they're not married. Um, and Jesus is saying that he's not her husband, but he called her, called him her husband because I would assume that he knows how they're living. And so he calls out her sin in that way. And then he continues and then they continue to go down and he talks about how um, a time, the time is going to change soon and soon everybody will have the gift of being able to worship um, in spirit and in truth. And so right there, Jesus met her where she was at, not only in a physical place because she was at the well at an odd time of day for women um, at the time, but also he met her in her sin and called her out of that and called her into something greater. So it's like we can also meet people where they're at, meet them in their sin, and show them that there's something greater, that there's something better. And the way that he and the way he did it wasn't like in a nasty way, a mean way, or anything like that, calling her out and making her feel this certain way. You know, when sometimes you have to. I mean, it, it's it's different by the person. Sometimes you do have to. A tough love is a real thing. You know, when you love somebody, you show them the truth. You tell them the truth, and sometimes you do have to be tough. Sometimes it's, that's just the way it is. Um, but the best example that we find, we, we can find, we can always find it in Jesus. And this right here was a moment of gentleness that Jesus was displaying to this woman. And so that's not even the only time that Jesus did something like this. Like the times where Jesus was healing, uh, the people with the skin diseases or leprosy, like, if we go back into the Old Testament where all these rules were coming down uh, about cleanliness and all this stuff uh, in, the in the Levitical law and how they <laughs> and how they had to just how they had to treat people with leprosy and how they had to kind of like go through the process of diagnosing it and then the after effects um, of of those kind of things like unclean, like they must live alone and live outside the camp. Like they can't even come close. They can't, they can't live amongst you. And when Jesus came, he was healing those people. He was getting close to those people. And that wasn't normal. That was, that was not what you would normally do. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not like Jesus was just, hanging out with them is just like he told the Samaritan woman, like he's giving them living water. He was giving them, he was giving them life. He was restoring them. And so it's like when you, when you're going to find people where they're at, like say, for instance, you're going to go, I mean, it's a big thing. Like you're going to go to like a, any kind of rally or protest of something like 
a Black Lives Matter protest, uh, a pride parade or anything or, or anything for like abortion, like was it a walk for, I guess it's not walk for life, I guess it would be like a pro-choice, um, pro-choice rally, whatever, a pro parade, whatever. <laughs> if you're going to go to one of those things, you know, you're not going there and saying like, I agree with them. And some people might think that's what it looks like. But if you're going there and you're doing it, like it says in Jesus name and the authority that Jesus has, um, that it doesn't matter what the other people think, because you know what you're going there for, you know, the purpose you're serving. I mean, you're obviously not like, like you're not going to go to like, like, it's not like how people say, like, oh, well, Jesus was hanging out with these people. Like, he wasn't, like, going to a bar and being like, yo, like, this is this is cool. Like, I really enjoy this. Like, this is chill. Like, no, he was going. If he went to a, like, let's say, for instance, he went to, like, a modern-day bar. Like, like you're, you're not going to go to the bar and just, he's not going to the bar and just getting drunk and, like, partaking in what they're doing. Like, he's going, seeking those people out to bring them out of that, you know, and you can do that today too. Like, I mean, some people make it a big deal. Like, no, I'm not going to be anywhere around alcohol and that's fine to each his own. But like, if you do find yourself in those situations, like it's not that you're partaking in that stuff, uh, hopefully, but you know, you're, you're still finding a way to disciple. And sometimes it takes a long time and you have to do things over and over again. Um, and so, it's ministry. Ministry is continuous. Um, but I think that when we get so caught up with the idea of, oh, these people are going to think that, or someone's going to think that I'm agreeing with this or not, and then that kind of trickles down into people, all other people not wanting to be seen this way or seen around these people or different things like that, then that's how we get to the point where that you're we're always going to have people on the outside that think that Christians are closed minded or think that uh, Christians are mean or this and that, you know, um, it's like, let's break those, let's break those barriers, you know, because the gospel says it, you know, um, the, the rest of the new Testament says it like we're here because in Christ there's no more, Jew or Gentile, there's no more slave, there's no more free, like, like, there's none of this, because we've been reconciled by the blood, and we're all one now, but the people who are, are not under the blood, don't understand that, so let's go find those people, show them the light, show them that this light is out there, that the great reconciler, Jesus, is here to reconcile everything, you know, Socially, biblically, um, <laughs> politically, uh, all that stuff, um, all those justices. Jesus is the one who's going to bring, is the only one who can bring the true final justice um, of everything. Social justice is justice. We can bring justice through it all with Jesus. But one last scripture that kind of ties in with all this I want to look at is um, this is first Corinthians nine. Um, and this is Paul, uh, his letter to the Corinthians uh, church in Corinth. Um, 
but we're going to be at the bottom. So I'm going to read on, start on verse 19. So he says, Although I am free from all and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews. To those under the law, like one under the law, though I, I myself am not under the law, to win those under the law. To those who are without the law, like one without the law, though I am not without God's law, but under the law of Christ, to win those without the law. To the weak, I became weak in order to win the weak. I have become all these, all things to all people so that I might, so that I may be every possible means save, so that I may by every possible means save some. Now I do all this because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessings. See, like that right there is such a great example. I mean, like I became all these things to save these people. And he didn't actually become these things because he had those middle parts where he says, though I myself am not under the law. And he says, though I am not without God's law, you know, like he, he's saying like, like, like for you, for instance, like, no, I'm <laughs> like a big thing. Like, no, I am not a Marxist, but I became a Marxist to reach the, I mean, that's kind of like, it, it sounds weird, but that's why he put that kind of thing at the end there, like, or in between was like, I became a Marxist, though I am not a Marxist to win the Marxists, <laughs> you know, or to win the one that is Marxist, you know, and, and, and I know it, like, I'm not trying to in, inject that into the, into the text, uh, but that's actually like, that's, what he's saying right there um, is because he says it to the Jew, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews to those under the law, like one under the law. And then he goes hyphen though. I myself am not under the law to win those under the law. So it's like different things like that. It's like, who cares what people say? Who cares if people say like, Oh, you're this or that. But he's like, well, I'm not, but I'm trying to come over here to get this person. Uh, so call me what you want. You know, uh, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, <laughs> call me whatever you want to call me. Uh, but if I'm winning, if I'm winning souls and you know, I'm, I'm changing people's lives, I'm impacting them for the gospel, you know, then call me what you want, man. Call me what you want. Call me what you need. I mean, it matters not to me. Like, I, I don't, I think that we should care so much less about those labels because, you know, we have the label of Christ. You know, we are Christians. If, if another, if another Christian says that we're wrong in, in going and finding these people in these places, then so what? You know, like Jesus wasn't like, oh, no, please don't call me that. Like Jesus was like, hey, like, like I know Jesus knew what he was doing. He knew what he, what he was doing was right also. And, you know, say what you want. Like it, that's, that's, 
that's kind of, I mean, that's a big thing right there is like it just say whatever you want to say, call me whatever you want to call me. I know I'm not that. And I know that what I'm doing is for the gospel. And I know what I'm doing is for the betterment of these people that I'm going after. So, so be it. So, you know, the, the biggest takeaway from, from this one today is just really find people where they're at and look to scripture, you know, as we just did and the small pieces of scripture I gave today, you know, um, those are just two, two big ones that, that I thought just kind of, kind of just poked out a little bit. Um, the story of Jesus meeting the Samaritan, the Samaritan woman where she was, or Jesus meeting the lepers where they were because society had outcast them. Um, and they were, I mean, <laughs> this was a long running, I mean, from Leviticus to Jesus, it's a long time of these people being deemed unclean. Um, and Jesus breaking those barriers, you know, Jesus healing these people that were so unclean, you know, or Jesus healing these people that, that weren't Jews, um, because in that time, you know, Jews and everyone else were so different. Um, so breaking that bar- I mean, breaking that barrier right there is what we should be doing still today, you know, because we can't make disciples of disciples. You know, we have to make disciples of those that that are not in the same circles that we're in. Um, and, you know, we don't need to change what we believe to, to have them fit into our circle. Um, but we definitely need to be more welcoming, um, and understanding, better at listening, better at talking. Um, so that's it. Um, I, I hit my mark on this one. Uh, I didn't, I like finally kept it to the time that I wanted to keep it at. Um, I think that that's a good, a good stopping point. Um, because I think that if I keep going, I'm just gonna actually ramble on to stuff that's not important. So I'm saying that for the sake of transparency, but I'm going to go ahead and pray us out and, you know, just keep in mind that there are barriers around you Acknowledge them, break them down, and go and make disciples. Uh, So, Lord, I just pray that um, this conversation here, uh, there's a lot of, (laughs) there's some heavy stuff that was talked about, some uneasy things maybe, um, Lord, but I just pray that if, there was any offense um, uh, felt, um, Lord, that it's not to be called out, um, Lord. It's not to be. Um, <clears throat> it's not to be uh, kind of like chastised or anything like that. It's just to be honest, be open, self-evaluating, um, and. Open the change, 
Lord, I pray that we are just so open to change because that's the only uh, time that the only way that we can see things get better, um, and the way that we can further um, the gospel, um, Lord. That we don't need to change what we know to be true. The truth never changes. Your word never changes, um, Lord. But we should change um, the things that we've maybe added to your word or things that we've kind of turned our culture or our ways into um, being truth when they're not truth, Lord. Let us let us break down those barriers. Let us break down the barriers that we've set around our lives, that we've set around um, ourselves, um, and let us just find people where they're at talk to people, get to know them, soften our hearts, uh, soften our ears, and just open us up, Lord, um, ready to just learn more from the people that are right in front of us. So, Lord, we thank you, and um, I just pray that everyone who's listening um, was impacted in a good way. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.